All right, this is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity Podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I am your host. And it's been a little while since I've published a solo cast like this. We've had a sick house. Sickness ran through all three of my kids, my mother and my wife, me. And I didn't want to come on with a raspy voice for you. (laughs) This episode is titled Talisman. Talisman. Now, when you look at the definition of the word talisman, of course, it's going to sound, it's going to sound like it's going to point to the occult, right? It's going to say an amulet or a charm that is believed to have some type of supernatural power for the person who wields it to use. That's kind of interesting, you know, a lot of stories made up about that. A lot of fantasy, science fiction, all kinds of stories. Lord of the Rings, you know, that's one of them. J.R. Tolkien, that's a pretty good story. Pretty good story. Now, I want to compare the word talisman to the word medicine. And I'm going to read just a standard definition of the word medicine. Any substance or substances used in treating disease or illness, a remedy. The art or science of restoring or preserving health or due physical condition as by means of drugs, surgical operations, or appliances, or manipulations, often divided into medicine proper, surgery, and obstetrics. So there you have it. Now, medicine and talisman. Why did I pick those two? Because I think that all kinds of things can be considered a talisman and all kinds of things can be considered medicine beyond the definitions. We make talismans out of all kinds of things and we turn medicine into, we turn all kinds of things into medicine because they help us. And when I say we turn all kinds of things into talisman, if I ask you the question, what are your vices? That question is probably going to reveal some talismans that you might have. Or that answer, rather. You know, I definitely made coffee a talisman. Every morning when I was commuting, get up before everybody in the house. I'm leaving before everybody in the house. It's still dark out. I would look forward to that coffee. That was like, that was, those, were, those were those moments. You're on the road. It's not as crowded. You're, you're ahead of the traffic still dark out driving that was my morning routine that was my talisman i counted on it i came to like it i came to count on it for getting my day started right i used it as an indicator for my day sometimes kind of like the way some of us say mondays suck It colors the rest of the week, whether you realize it or not. It colors the rest of your day. If it's Monday and you just don't like the the fact that the weekend ended, and and I understand, I understand completely. Did a career in the military. I understand time off and how valuable it is. But I think it's a horrible place to be when you hate the day that you're living. 
Now, I understand things aren't always going to go the way you want them. And pain colors that greatly. But there's still some choices. And sometimes many of us, we look for something to escape that. And then that thing becomes a talisman. I'd say probably the one talisman that's in most lives is the cell phone. That's what, I don't know if I'd call it a talisman. I'd say we, we could use it as a talisman. And here's when. We just want to relax. I just want to be alone and unwind. And look at my screen and scroll uninterrupted. And just let time go by. So I can escape what I'm going to have to step back into. It happens all the time. It's common. Now, but is it thing a talisman or a medicine? Now, marijuana. Now that, that's different than a man-made device with man-made messages on it. Marijuana is a plant, as you all know. And I say it that way because, you know, this is obviously the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. And there's a lot of people that just like calling marijuana the devil's lettuce. You know, as soon as they smell it, that stigma comes up. Ooh. And, you know, I'll tell you the red eyes, you know, it does kind of, it, <laughs> it's a dead giveaway sometimes. <laughs> but at the same time, it's a God-made plant as a part of creation. Now, generally speaking, there's a, uh, a study about addiction in marijuana. And many of the guests I've had have, on the podcast have, have uh, read this or heard about it. So it's not a, it's not a, it's not a study that <clears throat> some obscure study, you know. And they say that roughly about 9% of everybody who uses marijuana will become addicted to it. And that's kind of interesting. That's kind of interesting because you have to wonder, just like anything, was something that was supposed to be used as a medicine, did it become a talisman in the person's beliefs? Because that's where it becomes a talisman, is in your belief. What do you believe? And that's interesting, 9%. So even though it really doesn't have any addictive properties, 9% of the population of that study found it to be addicting. And that's interesting. That's going to be the human condition. But when you look at it, even if you just look at marijuana compared to all the other items that are called syntaxes, like alcohol and tobacco, the syntax, right? Because drinking alcohol is a sin and smoking tobacco is a sin. Both come from plants. Wine is a part of communion. And tobacco actually has anti-convulsant properties. There are some medicinal properties to tobacco. That's why it hits so big. So when you compare, you put that syntax on it. There's a judgment made right away. Now, 
marijuana is also an anticonvulsant. And there are a number of children who are receiving great benefit from it because it has replaced harsh, harsh psychiatric drugs that have not been in existence for as long as the plant has been in existence. So, why do we do these things to begin with? Why do we want to feel better? Why do we want a life that has a better quality to it in terms of how we feel on the inside? What do we believe about this life? Temporary? Eternal? We all kind of, most of us live day to day like it's not going to end. But there's this thought that you can't ex 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 uh, excuse you can't escape in the back of the head that says nobody lives forever so talisman in medicine eternal life even scripture in the word of god is used as a talisman by some people and it's in scripture to prove it, to be proven. I want to read something to you because I, uh, a lot of my podcasts, I say this life is far more amazing and supernatural than it's advertised to be. And it is. We've been conditioned to not see or even be aware of the unhidden. We're being conditioned to just look at, not through the eyeballs, but with the eyeball and just see what's there and assign value according to that. Forgetting that there's a mind behind the eyeball. And that's where the thinking takes place. So when it comes to eternal life, hmm, man, there's a lot of people really want that. Think about it. Go to the grocery store, you go, you go, you go to your cell phone, you look at everything, you see celebrities in their 60s and 70s looking great, right? The definition of modern day great. And yeah, you know there's going to be CGI enhanced, but you can't help but notice that people are living more active lives later into their years than they had in the past. And I'll say this as an example. Growing up, 40 was considered over the hill. As soon as you hit 40, you're over the hill. And it's all downhill from there. Those little jokes have a sneaky way of getting into you. Until you to the point where you make it happen, even though you don't really want it to. Marijuana helps a lot of daily life things. And when I think about it like that, it's it's amazing. Or not amazing, but it's it's plain to see why people in power would say, hey, this is really good for people and we want to make money off of labor. 
We want to make money off of labor. We pull marijuana out, we can replace it with a bunch of other stuff and create a healthcare system and leave that plant out of it. Kind of interesting. Interesting. Eternal life. What is the point of life? What kind of talismans do we make up along the way? And are we ignoring the true medicines that are actually out there for us from the beginning of creation? All right, now I'm going to read this. This is John 3, 1. And this is Jesus talking to an Israeli leader of the synagogue, a religious leader. And it says, now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, he came to him at night. Didn't want to be seen. Understandable. He's trying to, he's trying to understand something. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. That's the first sentence. We know you came from God. For no one, how does he know that? For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can sing the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Nicodemus said, how can someone be born when they are old? Obviously, his understanding is very limited. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born, exclamation point. He's basically saying, Jesus, what are you talking about? You're crazy. I believe that you're from God, but I think you're crazy. You're saying a grown man's going to enter his mother's womb and come out a second time. There's no imagination to that. That is the eyeball assessing things without a spirit or a heart or a mind behind it. Listen, listen to Jesus' answer. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the king no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. This is interesting, because this points back to Enoch. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. There's a difference. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Now he's reprimanding Nicodemus. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Remember, Nicodemus knows he's from God, sent from God. And he just said, this shouldn't surprise you. This should not surprise you. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. Your ears hear wind, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's going. You just know it's there. That's all he, that's what he's saying to Nicodemus. Now, check this out. <clears throat> so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And here's still Nicodemus' answer. How can this be? And Jesus 
This is telling. Jesus says, you are Israel's teacher and you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify of what we have seen, but still you do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? So right there, Nicodemus got shut down. Nicodemus wasn't ready to receive anything else because he couldn't even comprehend, even though he's a synagogue leader. Couldn't comprehend it. No man has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. It does not say whoever knows of him. He said, whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever dies or excuse me but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of god's one and only son this is the verdict this is where it cuts this is where it cuts light has come into the world but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. They think they can be hidden. There's nothing hidden. That's part of the deception. That if you go to the dark, nothing is seen. It's all seen. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be plainly seen that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. We're talking about eternal life here. We're talking about eternal life. And we're talking about talisman and medicine. And now we're talking about people using scripture as a talisman over others. Because it happens. There's a uh, another one I'm going to read to you. <clears throat> this one's good, too. This is John 5, 24 through 40. And uh, check it out. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. Now, there's a, 
I was having a conversation with with uh, somebody a couple weeks back, and uh, we were talking about religion, belief systems, and of course, Jesus, because many of us know who he is. Not everybody believes, but everybody's heard of Jesus. And this, this person, this man said something to me in a way that I should say his understanding of what he said really caught my attention. And here's what he said. He said, we don't have to go find Jesus. And it's it's not like we have to go seek him out. We have to don't have to go on this where is Jesus' journey? He said, he came to us. He came to us. Because we could not go to him. Which is why that last sentence I just read matters. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me and believes him who sent me, God, has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Now, when I think about that conversation I had with this man, it was a really good conversation. And when he said that, there, there's an automatic understanding of that. And, you know, I don't know who taught him that. He may have heard something, but that type of thing needs a revelation of understanding. Too many denominations preach it the other way around. He's here, but you got to go work for it. He's here, but you got to earn it. It doesn't make sense. All right, I'm going to continue. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. The dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. At, for as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the son of man. Do not be amazed at this. For a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live. And those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. The book of Enoch. And concepts of the word Sheol, S-H-E-O-L, and paradise in the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, point to a holding place, not purgatory, not Catholic purgatory, because it's not a, okay, you didn't do it right on earth. Now we're going to send you to purgatory to see if you can get it right here, and then maybe you'll get into heaven. If not, well, we'll see what happens. That sounds kind of like reincarnation, a varying degree of reincarnation. 
by myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but the one who sent me. If I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who testifies in my favor, and I know that his testimony about me is true. This is interesting right here too. You have sent to John and he has testified to the truth. Not that I accept human testimony. This is interesting. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light. And you chose for a time to enjoy his light. I have testimony weightier than that of John for the works that the father has given to me to finish the very works that I am doing testify that the father has sent me and the father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. Now this is, I'm going to go back to this part right here. You have sent to John and he has testified to the truth. Not that I accept human testimony but I mention it that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light and you chose for a time to enjoy his light. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it that you may be saved. What is it that scripture says we're to do? Believe with the heart and confess with the mouth. It's very, there's, it, it's, if you believe it, if you believe that your maker loves you and came to rescue you with everything that he has, that's it. The, the decisions are inclined from there. There's no one doing it. There is no, you have to sail the seven seas. You have to find an amulet. And then you have to take that amulet and go do these feats against these monsters that are probably going to kill you. That sounds like a Hollywood movie. And it sounds like folklore. Again, I go back to that conversation with that man I had. We did not have to go and look for Jesus because he came to us. We didn't have to go try to find him somewhere else. He came to us, each one of us personally. Personally. Okay. <clears throat> Interesting. Not that I accept human testimony. That's our voice, our mouth. But I mention it that you may be saved. Because that is how we confess what is in our heart with our mouth. You have never heard his voice nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you. For you do not believe the one he sent. Now listen to this. This is the part where people use scripture as a talisman. You study scriptures diligently. Because you think that in them 
you have eternal life. Jesus knows why they're doing what they're doing. He says all this stuff before that to point to that fact. It says, hey, here's the examples. Now, this is why you're really doing it. You have never heard, or excuse me, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Jesus brought himself to them, to us. And people are still turning their nose up at him. And it's the leaders of the synagogue that influence everyone who attends the synagogue because they make up the rules. You do this, you can't come in. Now, <clears throat> now, we'll move on to uh, Luke 18, 15 through 30. And this is just a, a plain demonstration of how people use scripture as a talisman to get things that they want but mostly eternal life. All right, this is Luke 18. This is interesting. I've read this one before too. It's, it's, it's uh, you, many of you probably heard it, but it's very, it's, it, it's, it's very telling of the human condition. People were, people were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, his disciples, they rebuked him. They got on to the parents for bringing their children to Jesus. Remember what I said? That man said, yeah, Jesus came to us personally. And here are his own disciples still not understanding that and shooing away parents who want him to bless their children. But Jesus called the children to him and said, let the children come to me. And do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God, like a little child, will never enter it. A certain ruler asked him, good teacher, good teacher, you know, it's some butt kissing. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Again, the eternal life question. Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. He knows he's trying to butter him up. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Here's the talisman. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. I'm perfect. I'm perfect. I've done it since I was a boy. I know these things inside and out. That's uh, you know, kind of interesting. In other words, what he's saying is, yeah, I've studied the scriptures, and I can do this. 
I can do this so I can earn that. It's a talisman for me to get eternal life. I remember he was a rich, young, rich, young ruler too. So he's obviously wealthy. So as he's going along in life, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm collecting things. Things are going well. Kind of funny. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. This is, this is, <laughs> this is the difference between seeing with an eyeball and seeing with a heart and a mind behind the eyeball. You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him in the eye and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God! Exclamation point. He's saying this to his face. This person wants eternal life, but doesn't want to give up temporary things to get it. Things that fall away and break and rot and have to have all kinds of maintenance done on them and everything. It's not like once you have it, it's just there and stays pristine the entire time. Wealth doesn't work that way. Wealth has to be maintained and, and always attended to. That's why you have optimization. Because everything changes. And he's saying, you know, all this stuff. Yeah, you're, you're wealthy. But you got to work for all that stuff. Why don't you give all that stuff away and trust me? And you'll have exactly what you want. Eternal life. He wanted, he must have, I'm guessing he must have wanted eternal life with all of his earthly treasures that require all the maintenance and all the things to all the people to help keep it going. And the other thing that I think a lot of people lose sight of is that from the previous scripture that I read, Jesus said, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life. I'm the one he sent and I'm right in front of you because that's what the scriptures were talking about me and you don't want me. So what is it that you really want? That part gets, that part is kind of interesting. Now he says, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? He's looking at the man as he says this. Then he says this, then he follows it up with this. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Because if you're making more money, you're living a better quality of life than people who are not in certain areas of life. That's the way this is presented, right? So in other words, if you're doing well in life, just like that rich young ruler, and you're making money and things are, you're, you're, you're prospering. Wasn't well, that what you want us to do? Isn't that what we should be doing? And if that's what we're supposed to be doing and those people aren't saved, then who can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. What is impossible with man is possible with God. Then Peter said, I still don't believe it. Here's what he said. Peter said to him, 
we have left all we have to follow you. In other words, did I just screw up? Jesus said, truly I tell you, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come, eternal life. Eternal life. Talisman. Medicine. Make sure you have a discerning spirit for the two. Try not to blend them. They can be disastrous results. All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. Oh, you know what? You know, uh, I'm not going to sign off just yet. You can get a couple more minutes. The last passage I read. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. So it sounds like, what does that mean? I can give an example of what it does not mean. I'm in a locker room at work, you know, this is, you know, I was in the service of the military service and uh, talking with this gentleman, you know, you're working out and you, you continue carrying on conversations. And I was at a building where we had interagency uh, people there because it was a hub uh, for the mid-Atlantic region. And uh, this man and I are talking about it because we're both, you know, we're both trying to improve ourselves. I'm working on a master's degree and he's working on stuff and he's getting ready for a deployment and this and that. And we started talking about theology a little bit. And uh, his dad actually did what this scripture says literally. His dad literally got up and left his mother and his son, his, his, his wife and his children because he said he was going to go serve God. That is not what this scripture means. It does not mean abandon your family because you're going to serve me. This is confirmed by Jesus talking to the leaders when he says, you know, you make up all these man-made rules. You don't give children the opportunity to take care of their parents because you tell them that if they give that money to their parents in their older years when they're when they need it, it's dedicated to God already. You can't give it to them. Therefore, you are nullifying the Ten Commandments when you say, honor your father and your mother. That passage is not about leaving your family. That passage is about the rich young ruler. That passage is about the rich young ruler, and I'll leave it right there. All right. This is the Conversation Cannabis and Christianity podcast. My name is Miguel Torres, and I'm your host. And this was Talisman. Love you all.